Heavenly Father, when we talk about pouring out your spirit, sometimes that can be a little, I don't know, hard for us to grasp. These are words that we use so frequently these days, the word spirit. Pour out your breath upon us. Pour out the very thing that gave us life, that we might once again know what it means to be alive in you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning once again. Um, Very excited to have you with us on this Sunday morning. As you might be aware, we are uh, quickly approaching into the the season, the the, the biblical uh, season known as Fiesta. Um, It's in that, uh, you know, fifth book of Galatians uh, that you're not really aware of, maybe. But um, today's topic is very appropriate as we're uh, heading into the Fiesta season, and many of you will be doing many things. We're going to talk about uh, forgiveness today. Um, So it's good as we're heading into the Fiesta season just kidding with you. God, everybody got really sensitive all of a sudden about it. Mm. Um, so we are talking about forgiveness. We're talking about Peter. Um, and, and Peter uh, is one of those disciples that a lot of times you you kind of want to go, yeah, I totally want to be Peter. But then you're like, yeah, well, maybe not. Because Peter was the guy, he was the old, eldest of the disciples. He was the leader. He was the one whom Jesus said, it's you, you're the guy, you're the rock. You know, he got the wrestler's name before any wrestler's name were out there. And and Jesus sends him. And, and so what, what Peter typically does is he runs out ahead. He's like, yes, yes, yes. And then he's like, yeah, oh. You know, he, he a lot of times, similar to me, um, he acts before he thinks. You know, um, he he's the first one. When Jesus is walking on the water, Peter's like, I got this, starts walking, you know? So he has this spirit about him that's like, yes, he's totally in with God. But then all the time he kind of falls off, right? He just kind of misses it. Every time he gets out there, yes, yeah, yeah, and then falls back. If if you remember the story right before the crucifixion, okay? So everything's about to happen. And and Jesus is, he he kind of pulls Peter aside because Peter's like, if everybody else deserts you, Lord, I won't. I will be with you to the point of death. And Jesus is like, oh, that's, that's really cute. Yeah, you're going to deny me three times tonight. What does Peter do? No, 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 no. Maybe these guys, especially that guy, not me. I am in there. And Jesus is like, you're so cute when you're like this. But no, tonight you're going to deny me three times. Before the rooster crows. Peter, of course, is like, never going to happen. Jesus, nope, I'm in. Temple guard shows up. They arrest Jesus. What do the disciples do? You know, like roaches when the light's turned on. They're gone. They scatter. Except for Peter. Peter follows them, right? They take him to, they take Jesus to the house of Caiaphas, the high priest. And they drag him in there and things are going bad for Jesus. But Peter's there. On the outside, seeing what's going to happen to his master, to his rabbi. And then this little girl comes up to him, right? Remember this? The little girl comes up and she goes, hey, I know you. You're one of those guys that follows this dude. What does Peter say? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. And another little girl shows up. She goes, you're a Galilean. I can tell by your accent. No, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, he's 
quickly changes it. And then one more time. Someone comes to Peter and says, you're with him. And what does Peter do this time? Says he swears an oath, right? Like, so he gets for real about this. No, I do not know who that guy is. I need to work on my barnyard animals, all right? My kids are a little older now. I've forgotten. Bam. He does it. Right then, he gives his third denial. And right then, I am sure the words of Jesus come flooding back to him. It's like if it were a TV show, you'd have this flashback. You're going to deny me three times. No, I'm not, you know, type moment. Can you imagine what was going through Peter's heart and mind right then? Just the disappointment, just the, the sense of failure, just totally just like, are you kidding me? It was a little girl that was asking me, and I still couldn't handle it. And so he leaves, right? The stuff goes on with Jesus. Jesus um, is crucified. Jesus comes back from the dead. And what's Peter doing during this time? He's keeping the disciples together, right? He gets the disciples into the upper room. So he's still kind of stepping into this leadership role. And he's like, okay, okay, let's get in here. What are we going to do? I don't know. Let's just sit in the room for a little bit and figure this out. And then Jesus appears to them, right? He comes in and they're like, oh my gosh, you weren't kidding. That was mind blown, you know, type stuff. And he comes in again because Thomas wasn't there the first time that Thomas needed. The, and they have this moment with him where, they, where Thomas helps him to go from just that he's Jesus, the Messiah, to he's God. This different transition from who Jesus really is in the disciples' minds and understandings and hearts. And so they make this transition, and then Jesus leaves again. Now, in the Gospel of John, many scholars believe that chapter 20 is the final chapter of the Gospel of John, and chapter 21 came a little bit later. I I don't know. I'm not a scholar. I know you're aware of that. But I love the story that chapter 21 tells, and it sounds just like something that Jesus would do. So in the other Gospel accounts, if you remember, Jesus tells the disciples, when this happens, go to Galilee. When, um, when Mary and the other Mary go and they see that the tomb is empty, and what does Jesus tell them to go tell the disciples? Tell them to go to Galilee. Go back, tell the disciples what have happened. Tell them to get to Galilee like we had talked about before. Right? So this is going on. The upper room happens. He goes away again. And then what do they do? Go to Galilee, right? Jesus is gone again. They're sitting around. How many of you have seen the movie Risen? A few of you? Okay, I would recommend it when it comes out. I don't know if it's out, gone from theaters yet, but I would recommend it. It was great. It was a great movie. Um, but in this movie, the disciples are sitting there, and Peter, the guy who plays Peter, is like, let's go fishing. You know, he's like excited because he's like, because Jesus said he's going to be there, so let's go, you know. And, and so they go fishing. This is what they know. This is what they do before Jesus was walking along the shore and said, come follow me. What were they doing? Most of them fishing. They were fishermen. So they go back to their livelihoods. They go back to what they knew when all else fails, return to home type of thing. Um, and so they're, you know, they're control out deleting their whole lives. Okay. We don't know what's going on. Let's go back to Jerusalem or to, to Galilee. Start over. So they're out there fishing. They fish all night. They catch not a fish in the morning. As the sun's coming up, they see this dude walking along the shore. And he's like, Hey, have you tried the other side of the boat? 
and they're fishermen. Here comes this landlubber walking along. They're like, oh, yeah, try the other side of the boat. Maybe we should try the other side of the boat. <laughs> Throw the note on the other side. <laughs> boat goes down, right? Can't hold the fish that they catch all of a sudden. In John's account, because John thinks he is the best disciple, and who am I to argue with him? He says that he was the one who realized that it was Jesus on shore, right? It says the disciple whom Jesus loved realized, oh, it's Jesus. Peter goes, what? Jumps out of the boat, swims to shore to see Jesus, making the other disciples do all the work to carry the boat and the fish in. It's not lost on me. Brilliant. And, and so he goes to the shore, and, and Jesus is there. And Jesus has made a little fire, and he's cooking breakfast for them. Fish tacos was on the menu for that morning. And so he's cooking fish there, and, and he goes, hey, bring me some of your fish. And, and they do it. And, and there's a lot about that whole casting on the other side of the net. They came up with how many fish? Anybody know? 153. You have it out, but that's awesome. 153 fish, right? And there's a significance to that number, but we're not talking about it. That was another sermon for another day. They catch the fish. They pull the fish in. They have breakfast. And then Jesus takes Peter aside. After breakfast is over, he takes him on a little walk. He says this, verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know that I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So you have this account. Now we know that Jesus had walked away from the fire uh, with Peter, because it says right after this that, that Peter turned over his shoulder and saw that John was following behind them. So here's the deal. Jesus grabs Peter. They've had breakfast. And he's like, hey, y'all clean up the dishes. Typical Peter move to get out of cleaning. And he says, Peter, why don't you come with me? And Peter and Jesus walking along the shore. And, and you know, and when, when you read it, it comes bam, 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 Right. But do you think maybe if you put yourself in that place and in that time that they're just kind of walking along the shore and, and Peter's not going to say anything. He's waiting for the rabbi to speak. So he's quiet. He's probably just bursting with excitement. Jesus probably is picking up stones, skipping rocks, having a little contest, you know, and Jesus is like, I can make it all the way across the Sea of Galilee. So let's not even try. You know. Hey, Peter. Do you love me? 
probably not the question that Peter was looking for, right? Probably not the first thing to come out of Jesus' mouth that Peter was going to, that Jesus was going to lead with. Peter's like, yes, Lord. Yeah, you, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. So Peter now in his mind is going, okay, he was a carpenter. He didn't keep sheep. Um, what's he talking about? Just walk a little bit further. Hey, Peter, do you love me? Uh, yeah, yes, Lord. Yeah, yes. You know I love you. And feed my sheep. A little bit while longer. Peter, do you love me? It says Peter is hurt that he would ask him the third time. Do you think that maybe guilt came up? Do you think that maybe all of a sudden Peter knew what was going on? Yes, Lord. You know I love you. Then feed my sheep. What's Jesus doing here? It's redemption. It's forgiveness. Without bringing up what Peter had done, Jesus brings it up. Without coming in and saying, hey, remember that time you denied me three times? I told you it was going to happen. You're like, no, it's not going to happen to me. Maybe those guys, but not me. And then what happened, Peter? Yeah, not so strong in your faith as you think you are, are you? Right? He doesn't do that. He doesn't even mention it. All he does is three times to mirror what had done before. Do you love me? Then let's move on. Right? Because that's what forgiveness is for God. It's not that Peter had to do something for God to forgive him because God had already forgiven him. What Jesus was doing was getting into Peter's heart and saying, hey, I know and you know that you messed up back there, but we're not going to dwell on it because that is done. I'm not concerned about what you did back then. I'm concerned about who you are going to be and what you are going to do in the future. So do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Then do what I have done. His whole ministry was spent teaching Peter and the disciples and us how to feed his sheep. Was spent teaching us how to love one another. And so through forgiveness and redirection, Jesus comes to Peter and says, do you love me? Then let's move forward. How often do we dwell on the thing that happened? How often do we dwell on the sin, on the failure, on the fault? How often do we beat ourselves up with the things that we said or the things that we didn't say or the things that we did or did not do? How often do we just grill ourselves over something when God's like, hey, I'm not even asking you about that. I'm asking, do you love me? Then let's move on. 
Let's do this. How often, too, do we like to point out other people's faults and transgressions? How often do we call back someone else's failure? Do you know what you did to me? Do you remember that time you did that? Do you remember the time that you said this? Do you remember the time that this happened? Let's talk about that for a while. Let's make you feel as pitiful and worthless as you can be so that I can feel better. Right? It's not what Jesus is doing here. That's not what he's modeling here. He's like, look, man, that was bad. That was wrong. We get it. And I know you get it because of how you're responding to me. But what's more important is do you love me? And feed my sheep. Right. See, and this is the whole thing is we want to get into this forgiveness and transgression and all this stuff. We want to focus in on it. We want to pray about people's sins. We just want to know. We just want to know where they failed so it makes us feel a little bit better about who we are. Right after this is an interesting story that um, I think C.S. Lewis takes in uh, the book A Horse and His Boy. The story of Horse and His Boy, it's about Shasta and Erebus, a little boy and a little girl. And at one point, Erebus is a lion, big lion, comes behind her and swipes her back and just rips into her back, pulls her armor off, rips her back open. She screams out in terror. Shasta comes barreling down to save the day. He later learns that that lion was Aslan, God. And he asks him later, he said, hey, why'd you do that to Erebus? And Aslan says to him, that's not your story. You don't need to know her story. You be concerned with yours. Because right after this, when Jesus tells uh, Peter, hey, this is what's going to happen to you. As you feed my sheep, be prepared to go all the way with it. Because it's going to happen. Peter looks behind him and he sees John. The little disciple, the one who everybody kind of probably gave little noogies to in love. He goes, well, what about him? And what does Jesus say? Essentially, that's not your story. You don't need to be concerned about what happens to him. I've got him. How often do we want to know that other story? How often do we as a society, we as individuals, we as a community, we as a church want to get into those stories? We focus so much because it makes ourselves feel better about us a lot of times on the faults and the inequities of other people. Because it's easier than looking at ourselves. It's easier than walking on the shore and having Jesus go, hey, do you love me? Because in truth, we never want to have that question asked of us. Because that means that we have done something that showed otherwise. Forgiveness is not dwelling on the past. It's not bringing to light to everyone to look and to cast judgment upon someone. It's to simply stand beside our Lord and Savior and hear the question, do you love me? 
And if we can answer yes, then the response will be, then love others. The question I have for you today is, do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him? And feed his sheep. Let us pray. Gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the gift of life that you have given us. For your Son, our Savior, our Lord, who gave his life so that we might have ours. And all that he asked was that we take that love and we give it away. There have been moments, Lord, when we have not loved you with our whole hearts, nor loved our neighbor as ourselves. There have been moments where we have said what we ought not to, left unsaid what should have been. We have done things or not done things. We have failed you. Forgive us for those moments. May we find the strength not to dwell on our failures, but to live into your love. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.